Luxe, clean, glamorous. Rowan is all of those and more. Co-founded by beauty enthusiast Tiffany Thurston-Scott, with celebrity makeup artist Kate Sinnott joining soon after as beauty creator director, Rowan is one brand everyone needs to have on their radar. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable in Maine has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's like to welcome our guests for today, Tiffany and Kate. They are the beauty trailblazers behind Rowan, a fusion of glamour, artistry and wellness bottled in non-toxic and ethically sourced formulas. A huge beauty enthusiast, Tiffany first launched Rowan in 2019 after realizing the need for high performance luxury beauty with a conscious Mindful of keeping artistry at the heart of the brand, it wasn't long before Kate joined Rowan as beauty creator director, a celebrity makeup artist working with the likes of Rosie Huntington-Whitley, Nicole Kidman and Cara Delevingne for just about every major red carpet event you can think of. Kate has an incredible precise eye of the best products, so together Tiffany and Kate have curated Rowan into a line of innovation, decadent products that meet their exacting standards and I cannot be more excited to sit down with them both today. So Tiffany, Kate, thank you so much for being with us. We're so excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you. Well, only because you guys have done such beautiful things with Rowan. So thank you guys. Um, so I'm going to ask my first question um, and I ask all my guests this. So I'll start with Tiffany first. Who in a nutshell is Tiffany? Right. I mean, obviously many things, um, multifaceted, I hope really have kind of probably an interesting juxtaposition in that I grew up in Utah, close to nature, close to the mountains. I'm really someone who loves to hike and bike. I'm a big snow skier. And then I did my formal education in Los Angeles, which is where I, of course, fell in love with the Hollywood glamour and kind of particularly I love Los Angeles because it's got that old Hollywood glamour, which I particularly am in love with. So I kind of have this dual side. I'm one part nutrition, health, and wellness I'm really, really passionate about. And then I'm like one part love glamour. I love fashion. I love beauty. I love Hollywood. I love. So I really feel like that's kind of what inspired me for Rowan. And that's kind of really kind of who I am as a person. I think we actually have so much in common, Tiffany, because I, I used to work at Dior for many years and I love Lux, but I also am a huge outdoor enthusiast. I love camping, hiking and, uh, you know, meditation, yoga. So for me, I find that mindful luxury, such a beautiful juxtaposition when you find the balance of both. I love that. I think some people think that you're just one or the other, right? Like if you're glamour, you must not be into kind of wellness or, or ethically conscious, or I really feel like there's, you know, more to it to people and in life. So I can really, like, it really resonates for me, like the mindfulness 
um, that you that you share. And in fact, actually, your Fable and Main products I've been using are stunningly beautiful products. I think the packaging is brilliant, so fun, and I love the concept of what you've done. So well done. I'm really, really in love with your products. Oh, thank you so much. And of course, goes without saying exactly likewise, right back at you guys. Well, it's kind of similar, actually, because obviously I had a crazy makeup obsession from a very young age. I was like, I'd have a different color nail polish on. I was always obsessed with like leopard print makeup. But as I got older and the more that I was working in the industry, the more that I was doing red carpet work, working on celebrities, I found myself really leaning towards more of like holistic, clean skincare. I didn't really think it was that achievable with makeup, but I would freak out like looking at the ingredients um, and what was in skincare. And I remember working in retail. This woman came up to me and she had like these crazy kind of like puffy eyes. And I remember watching a documentary on like how much we're slathering on our face and how much chemicals are actually in these products. And I sat her down and I was like, I was watching this documentary and I was telling her, listen, you don't need any more eye cream. What you need to do is stop all these products that are full of chemicals. And, you know, I was explaining to her, like they did this surgery in the documentary where they peeled back how thin the skin is under the eye. And there was all this kind of like residue eye cream that was actually doing the opposite to what you know, it's meant to. And so I explained to her the whole thing and she was like, God, this is so helpful. This is amazing, but I'll take the eye cream. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I, education started for me then when I was like, I really like, what are we putting on our skin? A lot of the time you're doing red carpet makeup and you've got like an hour, maybe drive before your client hits the carpet. So you want to make sure their skin is hydrated, dewy. How is that going to last? So that's where I really started my research. Like, how am I going to make sure that whatever I'm putting on my client's skin is going to keep them hydrated for hours and hours and hours so their makeup looks amazing, um, you know, till the very end of the night. And the more that I did the research, the more that I'm like, well, why would we have perfume in our moisturizer? You know, like who's going to pick up a bottle of perfume and spray it on their face because that would feel dry and disgusting and really weird. So why do I want that in my moisturizer? And so I was pretty well educated and obsessed and I had a beauty therapy background, but I went into makeup. Um, so I was pretty, you know, obsessed about that. But when I met Tiffany was when I was using Rowan products in my kit already. I just didn't think that they were clean. When I met her, she was like, oh, they're clean. And I'm like, I'm sure they are or whatever. You know, like it's, you know, it's a sparkly eyeshadow, so it's not really... And I would say, oh, well, the glitter eyeshadow. And she'd say, well, no, it's not actually glitter. That's, you know, we use mica. We don't have any plastic. And I was like, okay, these are really clean. So for the makeup perspective, it's what I would have thought was not possible. I'm like, oh, my God, we're making these products and they are possible. We're taking all of these ingredients out. I have really sensitive eyes. My eyes leak constantly. That doesn't happen to me anymore. Um, and I'm kind of just blown away by what you can actually achieve. And, you know, me and Tiffany, she'll tell you this as the podcast goes on. We constantly have an argument with labs where they're like, it's, it can't be done. It can't be done. And we're like, just try, just try and do it and see what we come back with. And like, I think that's where we are right now. We have all these beautiful products. Our mascara just won the best clean mascara for the beauty glamour awards. And that's like a huge achievement for a product. And to like a mascara that's clean. No, and I think it goes back to that point you mentioned of, uh, you know, you have to sometimes have those back and forth um, kind of hitting a wall conversations with the chemists and labs to be like, but come on, there must be a way, right? That's how you drive innovation. Yeah. Obviously, thus getting awarded for it because it stands out versus what's already out there. But um, I, I, I mean, I can tell you with, with, with my brand as well, being an Ayurvedic brand, but being the first Ayurvedic brand ever at Sephora in 2020, I mean, why did it take so long? Me going to the, the labs and saying, 
oh, amla, like this Indian gooseberry, I know has UV protection naturally, but they're like, no, 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 but we don't want to put that in as a UV protection for your hair. I'm like, but my grandma told me, trust me to try, try. And they don't have these ingredients in their, in their cabinets of, of uh, a way of ingredients because no brands really use them, right? So you yeah. have to push and, and sometimes go quite naively and, and like kind of, kind of dissect it from the beginning and say, but how about this? Because that's where it starts. So you guys using mica and stuff, I remember doing a lot of research on listening to your website and seeing the whole story. It's incredible. Um, but we'll talk about that as it progresses. I do want to kind of start a little bit at the beginning of your journeys. And, and I'll start with you, Tiffany. Um, obviously born and raised in Utah, but then moved to Southern California. We'd love to know sort of what are your first memories of beauty growing up both in Utah and then that sudden shift in paradigm to Southern California? Yeah, that's kind of a good question. I mean, I was just that typical girl who was really wanting to explore makeup, right? So I I remember probably my first time getting into my mom's bag. I was probably 10 years old and she was one of those people who wore all the iconic. She was Chanel, Dior, um, you know, and Armani came later. So she didn't really have Armani yet, but it was really a lot of the iconic brands that I would just get in and she obviously would get in trouble, right? Cause she's not around and I would get her bag out and then I'd get my friends out and then I'd start putting makeup on and I was kind of obsessed and I'd get in trouble. But then it was kind of like, you know, she obviously loved what I was doing. She knew I loved it. So I was, I was always playing and I never got into being a makeup artist, but I was the girl who would like in high school do my friend's makeup for the dances. And I'm not claiming to be a Kate Sennett by any stretch of the you know, imagination, which I certainly am not. Um, but I definitely am a beauty junkie. I loved it. So early on, I just had, you know, obviously an inclination to play with, you know, makeup and beauty and loved it. Then when I went to California um, and I was really doing my studies really a lot in nutrition, I um, actually went to a dermatology appointment because I kept getting continual styes in my eye. And he made the comment to me, you know, you're really into nutrition and health. I just don't know. You may be getting these styes because, you know, there's a lot of toxic ingredients in a lot of makeup brands. I truly had never thought about it until that moment, right? I was so into health, was so into what I was eating and nutrition and being outdoors. I thought it was so healthy. And then it really was the aha moment. I started to research and I realized that 70% of what you put on your skin, you ingest, which is kind of what Kate was talking about with the eye cream, right? I mean, it's almost like you're eating what you put on your skin because you're getting that much of it into your body. So I kind of had a little bit of a meltdown. I was like, how did I not know this? I've been putting this makeup on. And it's it's not only that it's it's bad for you. I mean, it's it can be really bad for you. It can literally cause cancer. It's endocrine disruptors, hormone disruptors. I mean, stuff that really the FDA, in my opinion, should ban, but, but they don't, as you know, that the government doesn't really do much. So it's really, you know, I that's really what spurred my passion for beauty later in life. I started getting into it, researching it. And I said, you know, I really want to just start a brand that has really high performing, glamorous products, but is also healthy. I don't think they need to be mutually exclusive. Um, We all love those kind of crunchy granola, you know, health, health brands. And I have them and love them. But I thought, you know, there just was something missing. Like, why can't you have both? So that was really my goal. And I wanted the products to be high performing. So like you, you know, Akash, going to the labs and pushing the envelope, because you're so right. That's exactly what they would say to me. They would say, we don't have this ingredient. We don't carry this ingredient. This is hard to get because other brands don't use it. And I just said, well, 
if you won't work with me, then I, I can't work with you on this project because it's what I want. And if, if you can do it for me, great. Um, but if not, then it's not going to work. So I had to go through many labs to kind of get to the ones that would really work with me on, you know, on these products. And then we came out with the eyeshadows first that we launched and really the formulas are stunning. They're truly innovative. Um, they're, they're, they're credo clean. So we ban the 2,700 ingredients. We don't ban like 50. We kind of go as far as you can go. Um, and so anyway, ended up being, I think, a beautiful product. And then it just spurred all our formulas. We just, we take out all the toxic ingredients. We try to add skincare ingredients. So we get a little bit of nourishment as well, because why not have both? So that was kind of the journey of the beauty for me. I really want to just say something on that too, because, uh, you know, being working for many years at Dior and Estee in these big conglomerates and companies, they can, uh, you know, I should be careful what I say, because I, I love them too. I used to work them. Don't, don't feed them out that fat, you know, build you. But at the same time, they, they wouldn't change because they're not, they don't need to fully change because the, the legislation, FDA, you know, it makes money, right? And unfortunately, the industry is built on where, where there's money. You can get away with a few things. I mean, look currently right now, with Sephora and clean at Sephora, there's certain now uh, potential lawsuits because no one's really sure and, and clear. And as Kate said as well, um, you the customer doesn't know what to believe and truly know. Hopefully we'll get to a place in the industry where there are more legislations and a bit more like actual slaps on the wrist for doing things wrong and not being sustainable. But the best way to make a change in the industry is by being an inspiration as a brand to show and showcase that you can do it. Um, and I think that's what you guys are doing at the forefront is showing you don't have to lose efficacy. You don't have to lose the look and feel and the desirability, but you can still push boundaries with innovation, but also going that step forward. So, you know, it's not easy to talk to your labs and say, hey, do this. And it probably adds more costs of goods. It probably delays things by a couple of months. But honestly, I just want to pause and say thank you so much for being that catalyst of change in the industry because it's so important. Well, thank you. No, honestly. So now Rowan was born the name. I would love to know how the name came to be. That's a good, you know, that's a good question. Kate knows it's been, you know, the it's, it's not the easy answer. I don't like people say, is, is it's like a relative? Is it something yeah. like a word, you know? Um, and actually I went through a lot of iterations because I wanted the name to be really strong. I wanted it to feel have an inclusivity. So originally when I thought of inclusivity, which is really important to me as a founder, I thought of the word one. I happen to love the letter O. I just think it's a very beautiful letter. It just feels very harmonious um, and to me. And so I came up with first with one beauty and one just felt a little bit maybe too basic because I kind of played around with it. I thought, gosh, it's just not quite there. So I just started literally kind of anagramming and taking letters with the word one, taking it around, moving it around, and then adding letters to it. And it took me, I mean, if you saw the notepad of words that I had written down, it was kind of hilarious. And I came up finally at one point with with Rowan. Uh, there were different words. I came up with E-R-O-E, e e -R -O -E, and I thought, oh, that, that could be interesting, arrow. Yeah. Um, but it just didn't, didn't quite work. And then when I came up with Rowan, the R-O-E-N, that kind of just felt really masculine and strong and beautiful, but it included the one. And I put the accent over the O because I think it's just a beautiful, beautiful accent. It just kind of makes the O distinctive, which I love. And it just felt really beautiful when you, when you saw it. It's stunning. Uh, I mean, it's one of those brand names where you look at it and you're like, 
yes, just yes. Like it just makes sense. It's stunning. And and you can do so much with the four letters. And it also has the ability to become, um, gosh, my English is quite, is it a verb or, ad- you know, like an ad- when you, like, yes. I'm going to, I'm going to row in, you know, like it's really exactly. cool. Um, we have the row glow, which we're The row glow. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. I love it. So no, um, such a good, and thank God, you know, trademark in the trademark world that this is a, a name that's possible too. So I'm very happy for you guys. Because you made it up is why it's so unique. You know, it's like if the that word already exists out there, it just wouldn't be the same. So it's like, you know, it just it came together. And that's why you're like, oh, it's so intriguing. The funniest thing is, is it sounds like a word that should exist, like an ancient Latin derived word. I'm sure it probably comes from something, but it just sounds like I've heard it, but I haven't. You're absolutely right. It's, 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 it's an imaginative word that just still resonates and feels right. It's so powerful. Um, I love it. Going now to Kate a little bit just before, um, I would love to know before we go into the product portfolio and kind of talking through the efficacy and what's inside of the ingredients. I do want to know a little bit about kind of your career, Kate, um, and what was it like working for some of the, you know, the biggest um, celebrities and events, and then eventually how you ended up uh, of course, loving uh, Rowan and using it in your in your arsenal of of um, products. But then, how do you end up getting introduced to Tiffany and getting in the role? So I started off. I'm from Dublin, and I was makeup artist there. And I would do like all the kind of celebrities and fashion that they had there. It's a little bit different there. It's not the same as London. Like it's not a major fashion capital. But I started there and then I really just wanted more. I worked for one of the best makeup artists in Ireland and kind of made my way up and and became quite successful there. But then I always wanted more because I'd be reading the Vogue magazine or, you know, and I'd see Kate Moss and I'd be like, oh, one day, you know, I'll be doing a shoot. Or, you know, actually one of the huge ones for me was Rosie Huntington-Whiteley. Obviously, I would look at all of her like Mario Testino stuff and just be like blown away. And so I knew that I had to move out of Dublin if I wanted to ever get to that point. And so I moved to London and the first year in London was so hard because Ireland is Ireland's kind of like we like a lot of hair and makeup. So yeah. it was always glamorous. So my portfolio when I arrived in London, I would go to agencies and they'd just be like, this means nothing. Like you have to start from scratch. I was like, oh, God, you know, because you kind of go from like a big fish in a small pond, basically. Um, and then arriving in London and feeling like you really just need to start again, that all the work that you've done over the years, it doesn't mean anything. It's not going to open any doors for you. And so that's basically what I did. And I worked in retail when I started my career in Dublin. And then I worked my way out of retail and I became a kind of a celebrity makeup artist in Ireland. So when I arrived in London, I would bring my portfolio to all the agents and try to get an agent there. And it was just really, really difficult. And the first year I started, it was a hard year the first year. And then I started to get some work because I had like connections and I knew people and I would start to do a lot of work for free. Like so in London Fashion Week came up, you just had to work constantly for free and do whatever you could and say yes to everything and I get a lot of makeup artists emailing me now and being like I'm thinking of moving to LA or I'm thinking of moving to London Irish makeup artists like how did you do it and I'm like I wish I could give you an answer of how it happened all I can say is that you have to be in the right place take the risk and say yes and there's a lot of working for free now social media has changed that a little bit people can become their own kind of commodity when they go onto social media and they build their own brand that way if it's just them doing makeovers and they get the right likes and followers it will open up doors for them but that wasn't a thing 
and I wasn't really social savvy. I still am not that social savvy, let's be honest. <laughs> but so that wasn't really a thing when uh, either is Tiffany. So like we need to have someone who is in the in the brand. <laughs> well, we have Shane, who's amazing. Anyway, basically, I ended up meeting Charlotte Tilbury. The big career move for me and the big kind of like shifting moment was when I met Charlotte Tilbury. Um, I met somebody, I was at Fashion Week and I met someone, um, a, another makeup artist called Kelly Don, who works for her brand. And she said, look, we'd love to take you on. You can do stuff with Charlotte, but you'll have to work in retail as well because Charlotte's going to be launching her brand. At this point, Charlotte was like the creative director for Tom Ford. So I was kind of like, oh God, back to retail. I don't want to do this. But it was such an amazing thing to do because I got to see how she launched her brand. And she launched in such a different way. She was the first person to come out with the look in a box. So she had 10 iconic looks. And it was like Selfridges would say to her, look, you have this amount of space in the store. So you're going to have two artists on counter. You'll be able to sell this many products. And she was like, why, why? Because they're like, well, two SKUs per person. And she was like, well, why would someone only buy two products? Surely they're going to want the full look. And people were like, no, don't be crazy. This is the research. These are the statistics. This is how it works. And she was like, I don't care how it works. This is how it's going to work for me. And so that really kind of was the start of like my kind of, you know, celebrity career because I started to work closely with Charlotte then, work with her clients, work on her photo shoots. And I remember one of like my major moments was like oh god I was going to like assist her on a Mario Testino shoot with Kate Moss and I called my dad because he has he loves all the coffee table books too of Kate Moss and Mario Testino I was like you're never gonna guess where I'm going today like it's so exciting you know we could be on that shoot till 11 o'clock at night but like I loved every single minute of it and it was just I was just was happy to be there to be a fly on the wall and the experience that you get and watching Charlotte do makeup and watching her create looks was like it really just was my college degree that you don't it doesn't exist for the job that I'm in unless you literally work for somebody like her. Um, and then after five years in London and her brand growing, I traveled the world with her, helped her kind of launch her stores. Um, she needed somebody in LA and uh, I ended up moving to LA with my husband. He worked for a company called Soa House and they were opening up a beautiful private members club in Malibu. Yeah. And so I remember going home to my mom at Christmas and said, yeah, we might move to California. And she was like, sure, okay. Thinking, you know, it'll be a year. And by March, we were living in LA. We just were like, let's do it. And I'd come here for the Oscars and the Golden Globes with Charlotte. And, but Dave literally arrived off the plane, having never lived or visited LA before. and Just was like, okay, this is where I live now. <laughs> and we just took the risk and we were like footloose, fancy free and young, not married, didn't have any kids. And it was the best thing we ever did. And I ended up staying with Charlotte for another year while living in LA. And then I ended up just going freelance because it made more sense. Yeah. And it was just an opportunity that came my way and I couldn't really say no, but I'm still a major, major fan of the brand, her and all of her products. And then I think I was in LA for about four or five years before I met Tiffany. I think it's, it's kind of now I have pregnancy brain because I'm about to give birth in a week. Oh. And the pandemic, I'm like, so basically we met the start of the pandemic, Tiffany. So I think I was here four years and me and Tiffany were just introduced to a, a mutual friend and they knew that I loved clean beauty. My focus was always clean skincare because I just did not think it was achievable in makeup. And I get sent every single product at this point, which I'm very grateful for, but I do get sent a lot of brands will send me like their line, you know, to use in my kit. They want to get it out there. They want to get it onto celebrities. 
And when I got sent clean brands, it was like the minute I got the packaging, I was like, this is going to be not good. You know, it's like, I'm so, it's so great that you're trying to do clean, but the formula is not there. It's not high performance. I can't use this on my client. And there was a huge stigma really before Rowan came along to me that it's like, it doesn't work, unfortunately. Like you have to be able to make it work. So as much as I love clean skincare, I need to know that I'm using the best of the best products on my clients. So when I put them out onto the red carpet, they last long, they're hydrating, they're nourishing, they look good, they feel good, they're not itching their eye. I can't take a risk and use a clean mascara. And Tiffany will tell you this as well. It's like some really great clean ingredients can irritate your skin too. So there's a balance there that you're really trying to get when you're putting ingredients into a mascara. It's like not all like, oh, add rosemary to this. It's like that might irritate the eye. Like we're not, it's not organic and fluffy. It's like you still obviously use a lot of chemicals, but it is a major, major science that should be the way forward. Yeah, Tiffany has been my mad scientist is what I like to call her because she really is the, you know, the scientist behind the brand. And we've had a lot of conversations with people and they'll always say, who's your, who's your like lab? Who's your scientist? Like we have this one genius. I'm like, it's Tiffany. I was like, she's the one who really challenges the labs to be clean. I'm like, she's small and blonde, you know, like small people are very powerful. You don't mess with them. My sister's the same. And uh, I have a lot of creativeness. Um, I've obviously had a lot of experience with products and I know like what is missing in my kit. And I always say to Tiffany, you know, I really want that product that you miss, you know, because I get sent so much and I could just, if I, you know, if I run out of a concealer, I have 10 other brands I can use, but why am I going back to that one brand? And how do we make products like that for women that are clean, that are, you know, going to be really good for their skin, but the performance is there that you miss it and you remember it. And it's a staple in my kit or it's a staple in your makeup bag. Amazing. No, thanks so much. It was such a, I mean, this is perfect because now I feel like we've got the why and this is the big why. And I think what you said is such a important fact of like, there is the stigmatism because this is the reality, right? There is that yeah. kind of um, gap. And even though the industry is saturated, when you really think about true needs and um, and this, these pain points, there is actually very few brands hitting it. And I think this is what Rowan does at, at its best. Um, but we'd love maybe, um, Tiffany, for you to explain a little bit about the product portfolio and maybe in conjunction to like the, the launch cadence of them, because obviously you don't launch with the whole range of the day one, right? It takes time and it takes um, also a bit of um, consumer feedback as you build the brand. Yeah. I mean, I always say, look, I would love to think I'm some complete strategist who like goes in and like does marketing and understands exactly what we should launch here and there. I, people say I'm kind of crazy, right? Because we launched with four eyeshadows and, and a eyeshadow brush, right? And brands just don't launch with eyeshadows. So, so typically, you know, brands will launch with complexion or, you know, a full range. And they were kind of like, what made you, they said, it's kind of like crazy, but it's also brilliant, right? Because women play with eyeshadows, um, more kind of more than almost any other product because something they switch out often. Usually you kind of keep your foundation and you keep your mascara. And so I really wanted to just launch with something one that I thought was important to me, eyes, right? I kept having styes. I kept having problems with eyes and makeup in my eyes. So I thought, you know what? I think, and and I also have a hard time using eyeshadows. I think eyeshadows are really intimidating. This would not be the the case for Kate, obviously, because she's a mad genius when it comes to makeup. But I wanted a formula that I could put on my eye, feel comfortable, that it was clean, but also really simple yet glamorous. So if you know anything about the formulas, you literally can just swirl them with your finger, the eyeshadow formulas, and 
apply them on and they kind of give this unique kind of wet, dewy look with a little bit of sparkle. And it's kind of genius. I have girls who are just kind of never used eyeshadows, always uncomfortable, who will come up to me and say, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm a makeup artist. Like people stop me on the street and say they love my eyeshadow. They love my eyeshadow. They love my look. And I've never been good at eyeshadow. So we first just launched these really unique formulas that people were kind of blown away by. Like all of a sudden, like in style, allure, glamour, everybody was doing articles on them. And I was, it was really kind of thrilling. So that's how we launched. And then I just wanted to launch products that I feel like Kate was saying that you would want in your bag. You know, you, you really, you know, so I kind of methodically said to myself, look, I mean, I really want to do an eyebrow. I have the most sparse eyebrows on, on the planet, which Kate will attest to. Um, so kind of that was one of the next products that I wanted, a simple, clean. There weren't that many clean eyebrow products on the market. So we launched Bow Brow, which is just a really thin, fine pencil, and it just mimics your natural hair. It's super easy, effortless. And then, of course, I worked on mascara, which people thought I was crazy because they said you can never do a clean mascara. They're like, good luck with that, like a credo clean, a truly, truly clean. Um, I will say there were points where I was like pulling out my hair with the lab and I thought, we're, we're not going to do this. We've gone through 20 iterations. This is never going to happen. And literally, finally, it just came together. And then we won the Glamour Award. And I was it was just the most gratifying moment because I was in tears sometimes. I'd be getting it and I'd be putting it on. I'd be like, this is a disaster. And so, you know, we just kind of are methodically putting out products, Kate and I, that we think you want in your bag, you're going to use. And we don't want to inundate you with 30 different shades. And, you know, when I go in and I see, you know, 30 different shades or 40 different shades of a lip gloss, I just kind of implode. I start using them all and then I don't know. And then I'm like, oh, and then I just end up leaving. I just want like the the shades, you know, you're going to use and love and the products, you know, you want again. Um, and that's kind of just how we, you know, decide to launch a product. Did you, I want to talk a bit about mica as well, because it's a big ingredient that you guys have. And tell us about it. Whoever wants to take it away, please. Yeah. Yeah, no, mica is an important, really an important ingredient in terms of understanding it, right? Because what it means is it's a, it's a clean product that can really add, you know, a beautiful look and feel to your makeup. But also, as we know, it, it's still very much not ethically conscious in some regions, you know, India, for example, there's still a lot of child labor used when sourcing mica, which is mind-blowing to me, honestly, that it's something that exists in the world, but it does. Um, so I'm kind of passionate that we go to, we actually source most of ours from Europe, um, but we also have certificates that we get that they have to supply every quarter to us that they are not using any child labor. There are people who do inspections and check where the mic is being sourced, how it's being sourced, right? So we're probably paying at least double what anybody else is paying for mica. You can go in and I could be paying half the amount, but also I could be risking the fact that they're, we're getting mica that's sourced from child labor, something that is probably to me the most horrific thing you could imagine in the world. So I, I really think, you know, if we can push brands to have the awareness of mica, how it's being sourced, where it's being sourced and have to kind of prove like we, you know, we have to prove these certificates that people are not using the child labor. So it's just something I'm, I'm particularly passionate about. And I think just, I like that you ask because then it's just getting the awareness out because obviously the average person who knows about mica and where it's being sourced and how it's being sourced, nobody knows. And because it's, it's kind of a random thing, but 
it's it's something I'm passionate about. I mean, if you think about, there's hundreds of thousands of kids out there sourcing this mica in you know inhumane ways. I think if we can just put it out there, I think knowledge is power, and I think you can kind of force other brands to kind of have to come to the table and also you know get the ethically sourced mica. So that it's just something important to me. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Oh, definitely, and I think also what what you've done is really great is. A lot of people, whether you call it CSR or CSI, you know, they, they do it at a post part, right? So it's you get revenue and this is what we're doing in terms of good. Yep. And that's very important. What I love about you have, you can go at it also from the pre part and really have, you know, real um, testaments to initiatives from your sourcing. So you work with the, the Responsible Mica initiative and that's an amazing thing that your labs are working with them. You know, it starts at the beginning. It's the whole cycle. And I love that you guys are focused on kind of, um, you know, educating about how you can source ingredients ethically and why we should, but it, it takes a little bit of awareness and education, basically. Yeah. That's exactly. In fairness, I didn't even know about this until I met Tiffany. Wow. Yeah. You know, I buy all of the beautiful products. I have all the products sent to me. I have my kit. I want the best of the best in my kit. And when Tiffany was talking about, okay, well, we have to make sure we get our mica from here and it's, it's, there's no child labor. I was like, whoa, like what? I just, it is. And so I don't expect a lot of people out there to know. There is a responsibility to most brands to educate. And I do think, Clean is obviously one conversation that we should all be trying to do, but it should be illegal for anything. You know, I understand that you know, people saying, oh, we don't like clean or we do like clean. But when it comes to, you know, ethically sourced, that's just not a conversation. That just needs to be a law. End of story. I completely agree. Well, I mean, even I didn't know about it till I was doing my research for the podcast. You see, so you guys just by existing um, and, and having the information <laughs> in your, your website, when people spend time in learning themselves, you really can be surprised with um, what you guys are doing. And yes, you might not put it at the forefront, but the fact is you put it there, which I think is very important because it isn't what most people are searching for, right? Most people aren't searching mica, they're searching shiny lips, lip gloss, or, you know, that's the, that's the reality. And you want them to feel like you are doing the hard work. That's on us to, to change the industry. Yeah. Let them enjoy the beautiful products. But how do you know, you know, which and what? I think there is some there needs to be some legislations. And one thing, I mean, I, I, this is very like just me talking, but I've been thinking about it a bit was, I think it's something I would love to take Founder Beauty a step further next in the next years is maybe as founders, we all come together and we are the force of change by making our own legislation. And, you know, maybe we can't rely on the boards and the governments, but maybe as founders, we can all unite together and say, all of us are not doing that anymore. You know, that's yeah. something I want to build with Founder Beauty because I've got now nearly 250 founders uh, confirmed on the podcast. It's a big network and it's wow. only growing. So I, I want to go a step further. And I think, you know, having these conversations, I'm sure if I say next year, let's all be part of it. You guys would, would be willing as well. I'm obs- I just have to say I'm completely obsessed with this idea. Like I'm um, like, you're, you're so incredible that you even think that high level and, and know that you could, you know, you could be the agent for change. So I'm on board. I'm like, let's get together and totally make it happen. I'm obsessed. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Okay. Now this is, I needed that excitement back because I'm like, do, do people be, I'm cause so you know, like excited. sometimes I'm like that young little like entrepreneur, be like, guys, I'm not like an angry Gen Z, but I'm like, I'm a millennial, <laughs> but I'm still that one. Like I want to make change. <laughs> and I don't want people to be like, yeah, yeah, sit down. Like you can say collaboration, but like, it's a bit, is it marketing? I'm like, no, like, like it, it, it's more like, 
you know, I'm an engineer for four years. Beauty I fell into and I love it. But, um, you know, it's something that I come in as an outsider to in the industry and I'm really seeing how we want to change. And I know you guys too, right? You know, especially, you know, Tiffany being, loving the wellness side and, and Kate coming into it from using the products and using and having your reputation as well when you're working with these incredible clients. It's, we need to see more products um, being this vehicle of change that we need to see in the industry. But I think it starts at the founder level um, more so than anything. So that's it. Um, 100% agree. 100%. I love it. Oh, amazing. Well, sort of um, before we kind of go into fire round questions and wrap up the pod, because you've got businesses to build and probably meetings to attend. I don't want to keep you on for too long. What is the future looking like for um, Rowan? And is there anything else you guys would like to sort of share um, in case I haven't mentioned yet? Well, obviously products or just, you know, Kate and I are, are kind of, I mean, both the mad scientists, let's be honest, between the two of us. We're kind of constantly creating products, constantly at the lab. I will say our uh, the, the one product that's probably going to be launching soonest as of next year is, I'll just give it, this will be the first place I'm announcing it, is going to be an eyeliner. Amazing. Um, we've been working on it for ages. And it's funny because I was using, I've been using it for, eight, I've been using it for a long time. And um, I literally just, I was doing my makeup, getting ready this morning. And my husband was in the bathroom and I said, I am obsessed with this eyeliner. It is, I don't know how we did it. I mean, I feel like it's this combination of me and Kate, but it's, you can put it in your eye. It's totally clean. It's the ingredients are incredible. And I think it goes on better than any other eyeliner. It glides on, it stays on, it's long lasting. I'm like, this is just magic. I feel like we've created magic. I I know when I feel that way about, and I truly feel that way. I know it's so exciting for me to do a launch. And I feel like Eyeliner is a big one, right? Because you're putting it directly in your eye. So mascara was a big one. So that's kind of another big launch. Complexion is going to be, it's coming in. We're working on it. We're obsessing. And until it's totally perfect, we won't launch it. Um, I think we're pretty close. But um, so we're just moving. We're just pushing the envelope, you know, doing what we can to make the products beautiful. And we just won't launch anything we're not totally proud of. So I mean, Kate's just impeccable. Her taste to me is, I don't, I think it's, she just has it innately, but also like her training, her background. So she's just, I'm, you know, I'm really fortunate to be working with someone with such impeccable taste. I think it's just a performance thing. And I'm like, I can't, I'm really tough on the products and Tiffany is really tough on the products too, but I have more of a chance to test them out on clients, on different people, different skin tones. And I get a lot of feedback from my clients. I've often give some of our lab samples to some of my celebrity clients. I'm like, just tell me what you think. And they come back and they're like, okay, when can I get more of this? I'm like, wow. next year. And they're like, that's not, that's not soon enough. But that's the reaction that we really, really want. Yeah. And I have to say, I didn't think it was possible with the eyeliners. When we first got the, you know, clean samples from all the different labs, I was like, this is not going to work. Like we can't use any of these so it wasn't even like one sample we could say can we tweak it we had we were like you have to make it like this and we're giving them like maybe three comparisons of three liners that aren't clean we're like we love the glide on of this we love how this one sets and they hate us and then they love us at the end so it's why we That's work true. with them again because they see us coming and they're like oh here we go but then you know they want to have an award-winning product too sure yeah. so i think after the mascara they're like okay fine these girls might be onto something let's try what they say yeah um, and nobody messes with Tiffany. So end up, she's like, <laughs> she's the girl boss. You know, if she wants it done, she gets it done. And I'm very creative, but I don't like, I'm a creative and I'm a Sagittarius. They're not two things that equal into like getting the job done. I have lots of ideas, 
So I always say me and Tiffany are like chalk and cheese, but that's what makes us work. We're very, very different. And she's OCD, militant and gets it done. And I'll be like, what about this? What about that? You know, so it's a good marriage. Oh, I love it. It reminds me so much of me and my sister. It is that best co-foundership is when you have the, the, that yin and yang of like, you know, you can, yeah. you can really trust in each other's abilities and know when to listen and when to talk with each other. I think it's very powerful, both as, you know, very competent people, but I think it's just knowing that you have each other's back no matter what. And, and, and 100%. But talking about the eyeliner, I'll, let me know when it's out because I'll get a run for my mum because she has the same issues, Tiffany, where she has, she developed a lot of cysts um, and styes mainly from beauty products. She doesn't wear eyeliner anymore because of that, because it's so, you know, sensitive and um, she hasn't found a replacement yet. So that could be the one. Very oh my exciting. gosh, I'll send you some as soon as I I've know. got I'll, samples. I'll, no, no, no. I'd be thrilled to, 100%. Oh, no, no, no. Well, I'll, I'll buy as well. She's going to we'll love it. As well. but, oh, I'm thank excited. You. Oh, so that's so so exciting, and also just hearing the enthusiasm, it's it's kind of that funny thing where I'm like, when I hear enthusiasm and passion, I'm like, I want to, I'm like, I want to try the eyeliner, so I might as well give it a go. Who knows? So very eyeliner, cool. <laughs> eyeliner, why products. not? It's the unisex no, no. for everybody. I'm open for everything. I, I, you I know, love I, a man I, that wears a little eye makeup. I think it's actually yeah. super hot. I actually put a little bit of um, concealer underneath as well because, uh, well, especially when I'm doing recordings. So I, I have know. nothing. When, no. my, when, when my husband has like a pimple or something, I'm like, we're, we're putting makeup on it. And he's yeah. just like, he's like, this is so unfair that I've gone my whole life with having without having just like have these pimples and you guys get to cover them up. I'm like, it isn't fair. You need like men you can need do concealer. it too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, and the thing is, exactly said, you don't need to have necessarily men or female. You just have one product for all. And this is what Rowan can do, yeah. you know, so it's 100%. Perfect. And I love it. I love it. Um, so before I go to fire round, I have a desert island situation for you guys. So you can probably imagine what's coming. You're invited to a founded beauty retreat. Um, but unfortunately, TSA or whoever, uh, security is being very strict. And they're saying you can only bring one Rowan product with you. So Tiffany, I'll start with you. What is your one product you're bringing with you on this island? Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's a little hard, obviously, because they're all like my children and I'm, I, I go through phases with each of them where I love them. But if I'm going to the desert island, okay, for me, it's my lips because I have the driest lips. I don't know what Kate will tell you. I don't know what it is. I just, it's something about maybe growing up in Utah where it's the driest state in the whole country, but I have really dry lips. So for me, it's the lip oils, the lip oils. I can, I, it's just something I need to apply like nonstop. I just love everything in them. They're the most nourishing ingredients you've ever had, but it's, it's like in this beautiful packaging and it's, and, and it's tinted. So you can just wear them like a lipstick, but you're, it's almost like having a treatment for your lips and just having it all day. Um, I will say one of the most exciting moments was when we got Angelina Jolie's makeup artist emailed us and asked to overnight her some because she was leaving the country and she was going to be out of them and she didn't know how to overnight them on our site. We don't have overnight. So um, we overnighted her the lip oils and they said, literally her makeup artist said it's the only lip product she's wearing right now. So I was very, very excited. So it's, I will say it's truly my, probably my go-to product. Oh, that's amazing. So cool. And how about you, Kate? Uh, it's actually impossible for me to pick one, but if, okay. So if we're going to be on an Island and it's going to be hot, I'll probably get a tan. So I'll be feeling good. I think it would have to be the face oil. So it's not a makeup product. It's a skincare product. Yep. I am a skincare junkie, even though I'm a makeup artist, I always start with the skin. 
So I would pick our face oil because it's honestly the most incredible product you can use. You can literally just use it day and night. You don't need anything else. You can implement it into your beauty regime in the morning or the nighttime, or you just use that by itself. Um, And maybe if I take one other product, I'd take the Vow Brow because then I'd be tanned, moisturized, and I'd have brows. I can yeah. live with that. You know what? You can sneak that in. I'll let you. You can okay. just get that. You know, no one Very small. Know. I can hide it in my bra exactly. or something. Okay. PSA will never see it. <laughs> Can't say no to that. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so now I'm going to do fire round questions and I'll let you guys go. So this is first thing that comes to your mind. So the first one is, Tiffany, what's another beauty brand, it could be any vertical, that you're currently loving right now? Oh, gosh. Kosas. Kosas. I think that she's got a beautiful, some beautiful products. I'm yep. kind of my, my go-to foundation right now, which I'm loving. Oh, yeah. Sheena's awesome. I love it. Amazing. Cool. And how about you, Kate? Sorry. Favorite brand. What was the question again? Oh, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving? It's Luzerne. It's clean skincare Luzerne that I absolutely love from Switzerland. And there's yep. also another brand, Iacin that I love their lip balm. They have an incredible lip balm and they have like beautiful um, serums that are like crystal charged and stuff. So Iacin and Luzerne, again, I picked two, but I can't pick one. I love it. It's fine. (laughs) You're allowed. You're allowed. (laughs) My next question, uh, Tiffany, is what's a guilty pleasure of yours? Gosh, I'm trying to think. I I mean, I'm definitely a dessert girl. So it's, I mean, it's kind of super basic, but I am a chocolate chick chip cookie lover and my mom I just had her make me a batch of cookies because she makes them so incredible and I'm like I'm just it's the holidays it's winter I'm in Utah right so now and so she literally brought me over these chocolate chip cookies and I'm obsessing over them soft and gooey right that's the yes way. they are there's they're like the, they're the also they're so basic but I'm obsessed Oh, I love it. Oh, so cool. Um, you're making me hungry. Okay. Um, I, might, I might get cookies later. Um, how about you, Kate? What's a guilty pleasure of yours? I've been living my best guilty pleasure life for the last nine months because I'm pregnant. Yeah. So I've been eating whatever I want. Um, I have to say, I think my guilty pleasure is like I wait for the, you know, Saturday morning where I'm like croissant, coffee, that kind of thing like I would love to have it every morning and just pretend that it's like healthy yeah but I love a Saturday morning I'm like Friday night thinking about it tomorrow I'm gonna go there's one place that I love to go in LA called Bianca and they have the most beautiful pastries like they're like European pastries they're so incredible I go Uh, there and the coffee's so good and the style is so nice and I'm like that is I wouldn't call it a guilty pleasure just call it pleasure just general pleasure pleasure. that you should be allowed to do all the time But to be fair, I lived when I lived in Paris. Um, I I was having a bit too many croissants and had to turn vegan just to force myself every every morning and endure. Like we'd have breakfast meetings and be like the array of croissants and pan au chocolat, and I'd be like, "How can you refuse that?" Because I went vegan. I think you could be right about the croissant, by the way. The Odyssey. Every morning, it was. That's all they have in Paris. It's too much. Did you start to feel a little like okay? You know when, and also when you start to not enjoy it, then and that's when you're like, yeah. I need to like, I want, this is a treat. I should like, you know, I want to relate it not as like a, a bread, you know, like something that you just have daily. It oh, felt like something yeah. that should be like enjoyed. So I felt like I had to say no. And by, and the, by, by being, by saying no, I had to be vegan because then I was like, they're not, they're not going to make <laughs> vegan croissants in, uh, in Paris. So. Definitely not in Paris. They will no. not. They'll look at you, you tell like, them. You? They'll say it's vegan, but then it's not the place not. to be vegan. <laughs> not totally. <laughs> well, my next question, uh, Tiffany is what are you currently watching or reading? Oh, 
Okay. My current, um, oh gosh, that's a good one. I haven't been doing too much television lately. You know, I, you know, it's funny. Most of my reading revolves around health and nutrition. So I just got the latest, um, edition of, if you've heard of Andrew Weil, he's a health guru. And I think everybody should know. I mean, if you don't know, he is my favorite. So he comes out with an edition every year of what he sees like health wise, you should know. So I've started reading his latest health edition for the year. And I will say it's just, it, everybody should read it. It's mind blowing what you learn. He's so, he, he really melds as, you know, science and holistic living together, right? Cause you can't have all holistic and you can't have all science. And he, he really, he's a doctor, but he's really, let's, let's push the boundaries of holistic as much as we can, but follow what the science tells us. So I've been reading his latest edition. I'm always kind of nerd out on it. And Bradley's like, Oh my gosh, do you like, could you read enough Andrew Weil? I'm like, no, I couldn't. So that's what it is for me. Amazing. I need to get an Andrew Weil. That sounds amazing. You have mentioned him a lot to me, actually. I need to get his book. I'm obsessed with him. I really, truly, I think he is, I've, I've been following him since I was 19 years old. I just think he's so dreamy and everything he says is really powerful. Yep. No, amazing. And how about you, Kate, then? So I was kind of like raised on Louise L. Hay by my mom. She'd always, you know, anytime we had an issue, she's like, let's look at the Louise L. Hay books. And they're just very like positive mental attitude books and affirmations. And I always have one of them by my bed or in my handbag. And like I'm reading Giselle's book at the moment as well, Her Life Lessons, which I just happened to see on Amazon when I was flicking through my cart. I was like, I'm going to get that. And I'm really enjoying it. Um, but the Louise L. Hay is like a staple for me just to keep my mind clear. That's what really I like to do. And I love affirmations. And you can just, you know, open the book at any point, read it, and you just feel better. It just makes me feel really relaxed and calm and positive, which I love. Oh, amazing. Well, my next question, is, I'll start with you then, Kate, is actually what's your favorite like quote or affirmation? My favorite quote is happy, healthy. I have it on my Instagram. People are like, why do you have happy, healthy written on your Instagram? It's like, it's my mantra. You know, it's a, as a makeup artist, like, what is that doing there on the top of your page? And I put it up before I had many followers on Instagram. I'm like, I'm leaving it there. It's my mantra. I just think in life, if you're happy and you're healthy, you have everything that you need. You know, it represents so much. Um, and it's what I always say to myself. And to I say to my son, you're happy, healthy, happy, healthy. And it's just two words that Once really make me feel... Yeah, yeah, constant reminder. It's, and also what's actually important, you know? Exactly. And that's happiness and health. We need to dissect those two words. So yeah, very, very true. I love that. Happy, healthy. How about you, Tiffany? You know, I don't really have like a quote per se, but I'm always, my kind of mantra is really surrounding yourself with positive people and positive energy. Because truly, I mean, Kate Knight's why we get along so well. I mean, it, we really do feel like you can manifest what your life is going to be and manifest what will happen in your life. My husband's a huge, huge believer in positive thinking. My father was a huge, huge believer. Even when we were like little kids, he'd always like have all these crazy little positivity books, like kind of like Kate's mom would when we were super young. Um, and we'd have to write our goals and, and, you know, so I just think it's just live truly, truly living a positive life. And I really believe you reap what you sow and your mind is like a garden. So if you fill it with like sunshine and positive, Positivity, then it grows and it and it's positive if you fill it with negative and then it kind of you kind of kill it like you kill the garden so I that's something that I've kind of learned over the years so that's important to me I love that and it's it's so true and even those around you will feel that effect when you have that positive energy within yourself it excludes to others so I love that I agree 
Um, and my last question is, um, I'll start with you, Tiffany. If you weren't a beauty entrepreneur right now, what could Tiffany be doing? Oh gosh, definitely. It would definitely be, um, a nutritionist. I would, mm. I would just definitely be, you know, making plans and, and in terms of nutrition for people. And it's something I'm just so passionate about and, and food and nutrition. I really like the balance of being able to enjoy your life with food, but also knowing that it can, you know, make your life so much healthier and shape who you are in so many ways. So it would be something with nutrition and being a nutritionist. That's, I think that's why I love Los Angeles because they're so into nutrition, um, and loving the life of it. I, I love going there and just finding little spots where, like you say, there's a new vegan bakery. and Every time I go, I something know, new. They're very innovative. And, and so for me, it would be, you know, something in that field um, I know is what I'd want to do. And how about you, Kate? I think I would be an esthetician. That's what I started off with. I went to college. I did that for the first two years. Then I did my makeup course. And then I kind of went into being a makeup artist. But I would love to have like my own spa, I'd be into something with skincare. I mean, it's not far, far away from what I'm doing at the moment. Um, obviously, makeup is very different, but I think it would definitely be, I would be like, I'm skincare obsessed. So oh, it would have Kate to be something. Does, when Kate does someone's makeup, when she starts off doing your makeup, she does this whole skincare regime. You feel like you've just been to the spa. And I'm like, what did you just do to my face? It's like <laughs> automatic. Before she starts your makeup, your face is like glowing and glistening. And that's why all the celebrities obviously love you and are obsessed because she does something to the skin that I even facialists can't do for me. So it's, there's something that you have definitely like a gift. It's kind of crazy. Thank you. Love that. It's true. Obsessions. Obsessions. Yeah, that's the best. Oh, I love asking that question. So, well, guys, it's been such a pleasure. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your story and your wisdom with everyone. But for those that want to continue to follow you and the brand, where can everyone find both your individual social media handles and then the brands as well? Oh, well, Rowan Beauty is is the handle for Rowan, of course. And then I'm Tiffany T. Scott. And I'm Kate Sinnott Makeup. Amazing. Well, I'll put the links in the summary so people can just go tap straight away. And I encourage everyone to try Rowan. And uh, if you are sort of new to Rowan, um, also like just in case um, people want to shop in retail, where is it found as well in retailers? Uh, yeah, we're at, you know, in London, we're at Colt Beauty. And we're, we're also at Harvey Nichols, which is exciting. And then for the U.S., we're in Credo, um, Credo Beauty. We're in Revolve, um, SaksFifthAvenue.com. And of Blue course, Mercury. Rowan, yeah, Blue Mercury. And Neiman Marcus just launched us um, online. And Goop, which it was a big one for us because... It shows how clean. Here. They're yeah, very strict. And, and, we're, and we're big fans of Gwyneth, who isn't. So that was very exciting. Oh, so good. Amazing. Great. Well, thanks so much. And I hope to see you guys in person very soon. And uh, I'll let you know in this founder thing I'm working on because I'd love to get you yes, guys. Yes, yes. Keep in touch. I would, next time I'm in London, Akash, we have to get together. I honestly, Done. just meeting you was so refreshing. And I feel like we have so like such a connection and so much to talk about. So I'm really excited to meet you in person. This is just the beginning, guys. This is this is what I yes, say. This, this is my secret way to make friends. Like, this is like I'll just say I'll do a podcast because otherwise no one wants to like. I'm not gonna be like that creepy it's guy. So like, brilliant. hey, let's it's talk. <laughs> this is it. This is why you're I do a genius. It. I love it. No, thanks so it. much, guys. Thank Like-minded you. friends. That's yeah. It. Thank you for having us on. It was really, really enjoyable. Thank you. 
hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable of Maine goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.